I do have to say it's a real privilege uh, to come and preach for you guys. Just to give you a bit of background, so I'm pastoring in Barnsley at the moment, but I'm from Sheffield, and so Sheffield are your guys' cousins because we were, all, we were both sent out at Derby. And so you guys, I'm telling you, you guys, it's so amazing to see you guys and be with you guys this afternoon because you guys are really close. We're going to get straight into the Word of God. We're going to look at the book of Matthew. We're going to read from chapter 9 and we're going to look at verse 35. If you have your Bibles, we're going to turn to the book of Matthew chapter 9. I'm sure it's going to be up on the screen as well. By the way, guys, your praise and worship is amazing. It is really, really good. You guys had me dancing and all types of stuff. So it was powerful. But we're going to get to the Word of God. So as you turn, that's Matthew 9, 35. And so when we first started the Barnsley Church, maybe about three to six months into starting the church, you know, we had a few new converts. And we were just having a conversation. And we, you know, I was speaking vision. I was telling them, guys, we're going to take Barnsley for Jesus. You know, we're going to see people saved. We're going to see different cultures. We're going to see this. And I, I'm, I'm getting excited. I'm, I'm quite an excitable person. I'm getting excited. And so now, with new converts, you know, we have grace. Can I get an amen? amen. And so one of the new converts, they looked at me and says, Pastor, I don't think that's possible. New, you know, new convert, only been saved a couple of months. Barnsley's a hard place. I don't think you can do all of these things that you've done in Sheffield in Barnsley. And I turned to him, it was like a, a Jesus and Peter moment. And I said, get behind me, Satan. I didn't really say that, I'm joking. But I said to him, I said, bro, do you know what it is? It's fine. Give it a few months and you'll be saying the same thing as well. But I want you to understand something, that it doesn't matter where you are or where you go, the harvest is plentiful. Can I get an amen? I want you to understand something this morning. Whether you're in Barnsley, whether you're in Hull, whether you're anywhere around the world, if Jesus is inside of you, the harvest is plentiful. And so we're going to look at that. What? Because for me, I don't believe what people say. I believe what the Word of God says. And we're going to look at Matthew uh, 9 and we're going to look at verse 35 and so it says then Jesus went about all the cities and villages uh, teaching in their synagogues uh, preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness uh, and every disease among the people but when he saw the multitudes he was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd and this is what I want us to really listen to then he said to his disciples the harvest say the harvest the harvest is truly, uh, truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into the harvest. I've entitled this sermon, The Lord of the Harvest. And so let's firstly look at the harvest. It's plentiful. Many people, they tend not to see the harvest of souls, the harvest of the things of God in their lives because they can't see it. They can't understand that there is the season of harvest. John 4.35, do you not say there are still four months and then comes the harvest? This is, this is what he says, behold, I said to you, lift up your eyes and look at the fields for they are already white for harvest. I want you to understand something this morning. The problem is that many of us, many, many times, the harvest is right in front of us, but we can't see it. The harvest is right in front of us, but we can't see it. Somebody was telling me a story. And so there was a church and they were doing an event just like we do events and they're doing an event. And so what happens is a bunch of people that are not saved comes. Who knows that's the reason for our events, amen. 
That, listen, we don't do it just so we can all gather together as Christians and sing Kumbaya. You know, we do it so that we can see souls saved. And so a bunch of people who are not saved come, but they come an hour early. So the guy who's leading the event, he goes to him, he says, listen, you're going to have to leave because we need to pray. Come back in an hour. Did they come back? No, they never. They're like, what are you talking about? We come for a concert. And so the problem is, is that you're going to be in prayer for the next hour, praying for souls to come. But you did not know that the harvest was right in front of you. You did not understand that the harvest was right there. That's why Jesus says in John 4.35, he says, there are still four months and then comes harvest. Lift up your eyes. Say, lift up your eyes. Lift, I want us, this, this morning, I want us to lift up our eyes. That's what I want us to do this morning. In our text, the Bible says that the harvest is truly plentiful. Because I want you to understand, wherever Jesus is at work, there is a harvest to reap. The meaning of the word harvest is uh, therismos in Greek, and it means a gathering of men into God's kingdom. And so what the harvest is, the harvest is to see souls saved. This is plentiful, Jesus is saying. You know, when, when I think about our fellowship, the past house, and I look back at, at videos of, of how the church started, it, it amazes me. We started in Prescott in America, this small little town. I think the town's like 30,000 people. They started in this little church building. What they would do is they'd start throwing concerts. So you'd see hundreds of young people coming and getting saved. Hundreds. So much so people were sitting on the floor. People were like trying to lean through the door to hear the concert. And people are just getting saved by the hundreds. God began to move. God began to do something supernatural. They began to reap the harvest. They saw thousands saved in Prescott. And you know what the funniest thing is? And I'm getting somewhere with this. Many churches, they came to Pastor Mitchell and they said, how is it that you're seeing all these people saved? How is it that you're getting these people saved? How is it you're having revival? And Pastor Mitchell said, I'll show you. So one, one little background of our fellowship is, we were, you know, many of us, we're dressed nice, we're looking good. Our fellowship started with a bunch of hippies. Long hair, no shoes on, drug lifestyle and so on and so forth. And so what happened is Pastor Mitri began to disciple these people because they were coming into church. These were the hundreds of people getting saved. And so he would, he would go to these other churches and do impact teams and bring all these hippies. And the people were like, we don't want these type of people. These type of people, they smell. These type of people, they're on drugs. These type of people, they, they're not even wearing shoes. Do you know why? Because they couldn't see the harvest. They couldn't, you know there's that saying, it says, some people don't know what's right under their nose. We could be sat here this morning, and we're sat, listen, this church here is a gold mine. We're sat on land that is ready to harvest, can I get an amen? amen. Listen, this is nothing compared to what God is going to do in this place. Amen. It's powerful, but it's nothing compared to what God is going to do. Uh, you know, I was speaking to my boss. Now, my boss is a Jehovah's Witness. And so we have a good relationship. We talk about a lot of different things. And so on my WhatsApp, so in our church, we have a lot of young guys. They're young, but they're on fire for God, always outreaching, witnessing, doing concerts. They just, they love God. And so I'm always posting them. I'm always posting them on WhatsApp when we're doing stuff. And my boss was talking. He's like, how's church? Yeah, it's going well. He said, yeah, it looks like it's going well. But he said, the problem is you're building your church on just young people. He said, it's not sustainable. I was like, what? 
what do you, what do you mean? It's not. He's like, you know, they, they have no money. You know, they're, you know, they're lazy. They're this, they're that. They're... And I've realized something. And I understood where he's coming from. I realized he didn't understand where the harvest was, man. Think about Jesus. The Bible says that Jesus is sat with tax collectors and sinners and all types of different people. And the religious leaders, they come, Jesus, why are you sat with these people? They're dirty. Why are you sat with them? Come and sit with us. Jesus says to them, I did not come for the righteous. I came for the unrighteous. Jesus understood where the harvest was. Jesus understood where the harvest was. Now, I'll be honest. Many Christians can be very negative. Turn to your neighbor and say, don't be negative. Don't be negative. Listen to me now. A negative mindset, it always gets negative results. Always. It doesn't matter. Anytime your mindset is negative, you're always going to get negative results. People say, we're going to see revival. Well, hopefully. We're going to have a concert tonight. We're going to see 50 people saved. Oh, let's just hope for five. Right? Just to get, it's, just, it's just a negative mindset. It's just like everything that you try and speak, everything that you try and say, every piece of faith that you try and put into a situation. Oh. Not any of us here because we're, we're perfect. Amen. Listen, Proverbs 23, 7, it says, as, for as he thinks in his heart, so he is. You know, if you're negative towards what God is doing, you're not going to see anything. You're not going to see anything. Listen, I want you to understand, this city here is a plentiful place. This city here, this city of Hull, it is a plentiful place. Listen, I want you to understand there are men and women in this place. One day you're going to go out and you're going to preach the gospel in another place. I want to tell you, that place is going to be plentiful as well. That place, it's not that the demons are too strong there. No, that place is going to be plentiful for you as well. Listen, there was a time where there was no potter's house in home. I think eight years, eight, nine years you guys have been open, right? If I'm not mistaken. Listen to me. We're not oblivious to the fact that revival is happening here. Listen, you guys, you know what can happen? You know sometimes when you're saved into something, you kind of don't realize what you have. This is special. This right, it's so special. That's why when Pastor Pete was like, hey, and I know under the circumstances, I was so excited to come and preach for you because I love what God is doing here. It's so special. However, it doesn't surprise me. Do you know why it doesn't surprise me? Because this is what Jesus is about. Jesus is about reaping the harvest. Turn to your neighbor and say, reap the harvest. Listen, you and I are called to reap the harvest in our selected areas. Jesus would say, oh, look, can you not see that the harvest is plentiful? Can you not look around you and see what I'm doing? Can you not have a vision for what I'm going to do in your life and what I'm going to do in the life of those around you and what I'm going to do in your church and what I'm going to do in your family? This is what Jesus is saying to you. If we're going to reap from this harvest, we have to see it. We have to believe it. We have to believe that Jesus is a Lord of the harvest. Because we're not Lord of the harvest. We're not. Sometimes we think we are, but we're not. Jesus is Lord of the harvest. 
that wherever a God-fearing church are, wherever a God-fearing people are, that God could use them and they would reap the harvest. This is the will of God. Let's secondly look at the labourer. We're going to get into it. Say labourer. Now, I'm going to... I'm going to make a statement that people might see as controversial. It's not controversial. Many Christians can be lazy sometimes. Not any of us here. (laughs) Many Christians can be lazy when it comes to sharing the gospel. Telling people about Jesus. Outreach is a staple of our fellowship. Not because one day someone was like, yep, it's because the Bible, outreach is a staple of the Bible. Reaching people, telling people about Jesus is a staple of the Bible. God wants me and you to reap the harvest. Mark 16, 15, and he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. I want you to understand, God has called me and you to reap the harvest. This is what God has called us to. In our text, it's funny because when I was reading this, God revealed something. It says, the harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Hear me now. What God is saying, God is saying the issue isn't him. The issue is not God. The issue isn't the harvest. The issue are the laborers. That is literally what this text says. Read it again. The harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. There's a harvest field everywhere, man. Everywhere. There's a harvest field. You know the street that you live on? That's a harvest field. You know the school that you go to? That's a harvest field. You know your workplace that you work and you go to every day? That is a harvest field. It's the harvest. You know, who here you're a labourer? You know, you're, you're someone, maybe you're a plumber or electrician, you're a labourer. Okay, there's not any labourers here. I'm sure everyone must be doctors then. <laughs> doctors, surgeons, and okay, praise God. And so one thing about laborers is they get a bad rap. The reason they get a bad rap is because many laborers actually can be lazy. Okay, I'll give you an example. I was where I work upstairs, there was a building project going on. Sometimes I'll pop up there, see what's going on, because there was no project manager. So I just pop up, pop my head and see what's going on. Now, what I noticed was happening is so these laborers were being paid £22 an hour for 10 hours a day, and there was three of them. So that's like £660, nearly £700 a day. But the problem is, is they would come in for 45 minutes and do some work. Then they would go on an hour fag break, right? Then they would come back for another half an hour, do some work, pot about, touch some walls, and then they would go for three-hour lunch. Then they would come back, because bear in mind, there's no project manager. So yeah, boss, everything's going well. Da, da, da. Then they'd come back again, put it this way, 10 hours away, they're most probably doing two and a half. They'd be paid 660 pounds. I want you to understand, a laborer's job is to do work. That's what a laborer's job is. A laborer for God is someone who puts work in to reap the harvest. I understand Jesus is the Lord of the harvest, but he, it's actually a privilege that he wants to use us. Because, listen, I hear about stories all the time in these Muslim nations where God is drawing people to him through visions and dreams. God doesn't need us. God can literally cause everyone in Hull, everyone in Barnsley, everyone in the UK to get a vision and get saved. Is God not capable? But he said he wants to use us. He wants us to reap from the harvest. He wants us to reap the benefits of that. Evangelism. One-to-one witnessing. Preaching on the streets. Events. This is, you know, everything that we do, we tend to pull altar calls at the end. 
Because we're not just here. It's not just all about having fun. Can I get an amen? Have fun while you serve God. Can I get an amen? But not everything is just about fun. It's about reaching souls. Because for us to reap the harvest, we need to labor. Problem is many aren't willing to get their hands dirty. Many aren't willing to stand out in, on a Saturday in the cold and tell someone about Jesus. Many aren't willing to, there's a young man, he goes to the Wakefield Church, 16. He goes to college on his induction day and he starts witnessing to all of the lecturers. And all my, because my guys go to the same college and they're like, man, he's got so much boldness. I said, he hasn't got boldness, he just wants them to know Jesus. He just wants them to know about the love of God. He wants them to know about what he's experienced. i tell you this. Do you know there's a reason why we're beginning to see revival in the north of England? Because there's something going on in the north of England right now. Sheffield, Hull, Doncaster, Barnsley, Wakefield. God is, just move, God is on the move in the north. Not that he's not on the move in the south. I only know what's going on in the north because I'm in the north. But I genuinely believe the reason why is because there are people like us who say, we're going to put in the work to reap the harvest. We're going to serve God. We're going to tell people about Jesus. It's like what it says in Romans 10, 14. How can someone hear unless they have a preacher? Unless they have a man or a woman who's going to go up to them and tell them about the love of God. Who's going to tell them about their experience in Christ. Oh, I'm telling you right now. You know, if every single one of us, we took a stand this morning and said, you know what? I'm going to be that person. I'm going to tell people about Jesus. I'm going to preach the gospel of Christ to those that are lost. I want to tell you that God would do a supernatural work in your family, in your workplace, in your church. That God would begin to do a supernatural supernatural it's not like you tell someone and nothing comes of it the bible says the word of god never returns void and that if you would preach the gospel of christ if you would tell people about the love of god i'm telling you now people would get saved people would be touched i was reading something and it said pastors can only grow a church to a certain size it's the congregation Listen to me. It is the congregation that grows the church as a one body. Listen, I read a book and it said usually in churches, 20% of people do 80% of the work. That's not how it should be. In the book of Acts, you see it all banding together, all doing the work of God together. If we would all make a stand, guys, you know, let me not even, let me not even continue. I'm going to get too excited. Amen. <laughs> if I go through, it might be here till four o'clock. Let me rein it in. <laughs> Listen, if we're going to reap the harvest, we need to labor. If we're going to see people saved, we need to tell them. People don't magically just get saved and start living for God. God, he has a plan to this. God, he has a method to his madness. Listen, behind any great revival, behind any revival in a family, behind any revival in a church, in a city, in a town, in a place, in a country, it comes with laborers, people who would give themselves to laboring, to telling people about Jesus. Listen. We're going to see revival here in Hull. We can't be ashamed of the gospel. Time is way too short. Young man or young woman, what stops you after this service? Going and getting some church flies and going into town. Just beginning to tell people about Jesus. 
What stops you when you're at work? When there's that sister or that brother they've opened up to you about how their life is a mess. And listen, at work, it's always the maddest converse. Can I get an amen? Work, people are always telling you crazy stuff. And so when someone opens up to you, could you not tell them about the love of God? When someone tells you, man, I don't know what I did this, could you not tell them about Jesus Christ? Young lady, what stops you from going home and telling all your family about Jesus? Young man, what stops you when you're on the bus on the way home, standing up and just proclaiming the word of God? People are like, on the bus? Yeah, on the bus, why not? Might look crazy, but crazy for Jesus, amen. amen. Sometimes you've got to be a little bit crazy for Jesus. Radical men and women are the ones that reap the harvest. Radical. They're the ones that reap. Listen, all this reserved stuff, no, I don't want to bother people. Listen, we just have to tell people about Jesus. Have to preach the gospel to the lost. So as we move on, if we're going to reap the harvest that Jesus has said is truly plentiful, we must be willing to labor. We must be willing to open our mouths and speak. We must have a heart to see people saved. Let's lastly look at laborers going into the harvest. In our text, verse 38, it says, Therefore pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Now, when you hear that scripture, most of you are thinking, oh, that's just when people get sent into, you know, different cities or different... It's not just subject to that. It's talking about us sat here today that God could call you in the service and say, I'm going to call you and I'm going to get you to preach to the whole of your street. I'm going to call you and I'm going to get you to preach to the whole of your workplace or to your family. Listen, the harvest is there. Jesus, he wants to grab you and he wants to send you into the harvest. He wants to take you and he wants to mold you and he wants to build you. Listen, you know the harvest is where you get built up. It's where you get molded. It's where you become the man or the woman that God has called you to be. Now, I'm not going to lie to you. Laboring is not easy. It's not. If I told you, yeah, man, if you just go out today and you take a speaker and you preach and the whole of whole is going to get saved, hey, we all wish it was that easy, amen. We wish it was that easy. It'd be nice. It's not easy, but reaping is a beautiful thing. You know, when I see someone, and I, when, they, when they first, they're broken, addicted, messed up, this... And then they come in and God begins to change them. You know, when I look at that, I'm like, man, this is why we do what we do. Many of you here, you weren't dressed as nice as you was when you first came to church. Can I get an amen? <laughs> Listen, when I first, my pastor always mocks me. He's like, you got your dress sets from me. You came in tracksuits. You didn't even come in, you know. Listen, the reality is this is that when you, this is the thing. When you come and you're broken, you're bad, and Jesus is a work in you, you can look at that person and say, wow. It might be difficult to get that person saved. Listen, I always say to people, and I say this to you as well, and it shows you the love of God. You don't know how much money, you don't know how much time, you don't know how much effort has gone into you being saved. I'm telling you this, people sat here, thousands of pounds went into you being saved. People's lives uprooted for you to be saved. God moving and orchestrating situations for you to be saved. You know when we see that, that's why we do what we do. If you've ever heard of a man called Ray Comfort, he's the man who has the Living Waters YouTube channel. He does a lot of videos, an amazing witness, a person who witnesses the people. And he's witnessing to this guy, a Mexican gangster. You know, the guy's getting mad at him, swearing at him, this, that. So Ray Comfort just tells him the gospel and he leaves. Five years later, Ray Comfort is walking down the street. He's got the video recorded. And this man comes up to him and says, hey, do you remember me? 
He stood there, suit on, Bible in his hand, and Ray's looking at him. He's like, you look familiar. He said, I am that gangster who was speaking to you five years ago. He said, and but Ray was like, but you literally, you was like swearing at me. And, but he said, no, but listen, I was angry. But he said, what you said, it cut my heart deep. He said, within a few months, I gave my life to Christ and I got saved. Listen, you know that brother when you're preaching, he's putting his middle finger up to you. You might see him in heaven. Listen, I'm telling you, you might, he's putting his middle finger up to you and then you're in heaven, you're like, bro, what are you doing here? You're putting your, oh, do you know what you said? Cut me deep. So why did you swear? I was just angry. It's like, you might see that brother in heaven. Listen to me now, because the words of God, they're powerful. If you just speak it, you may not know or you may not reap from the harvest today, but you will reap. Imagine every person you've witnessed to, you've witnessed to all of these people, they don't get saved on the spot, but then you go to heaven and you just see a line of people. Oh, thank you. I needed that, man. Thank you very much. Praise God. I feel looked after now. Amen. Imagine the droves of people. And you're like, but I thought you didn't even listen to what I said. But it's like, no, actually, I did listen. It was just I was angry. I had stuff going on. But God really reached out to me during that time. Galatians 6, 9, it says, And let us not grow weary while doing good. For in due season, we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Listen, don't grow weary while doing good. Don't grow weary when you tell your mum or your dad or your brother or your sister that stranger about Jesus and they don't get saved on the spot. Listen to me, your job is actually to not necessarily cause the harvest to come to reap. Your job is to just tell people about Jesus. The rest is you leave it to God and you trust that God will do what he works. Now the Lord is looking for people to send to reap the harvest. The most powerful thing is that God is looking in this place. He's looking. Who can I send to reap my harvest? Who? Who would be willing? And it's not that you have to have everything together and you have to have this PhD and you have to have lived here. God's saying, no, you just have to have a willing heart. And he says, I will send you into the harvest if you're willing. If you say, God, here I am. Here I stand. Use me. God would say he would use you. You know, I was, um, I'm closing now. Someone was telling me a story, you know, they came to our church and they began, you know, from another church, but they came because like, I really want to learn how to tell people about Jesus. They came on outreach of us and different things and they went back to their church and they were like, he went to leaders of the church, listen, we need to start outreaching and telling people about Jesus. They said, let's pray about it. It's like, no, the word of God says it. Don't need it. Just, just go and do it, man. Just go and tell people about Jesus. Let's do something about it. You could end up being sat there, oh, I'm praying for a year, God's not saying, no, just go out and pray about it. You don't need to pray and get confirmation to go on a Wednesday night and tell someone about Jesus. Can I get an amen? You don't need the, the Holy Spirit to come down so you start knocking at your door and then you just go. It's the will of God. Now that does happen where God speaks to you, but just go and be faithful. Imagine the growth this church would have if we got this revelation. Imagine. I'm telling you, I don't see you guys being in this building for very much longer. I really don't. It's not, it's not feasible with the growth that God's doing. But imagine, the craziest thing is, and this is the revelation, right? Because when I used to look at the book of Acts and I'm like, so 3,000 people were added to the church in one day. How is that? And God revealed something to me. There's what, 150, 200 people? I'm not sure here, right? Let's say 200 people. If everybody brought one person to church next Sunday, that's 400. Quick maths. Right? 
But the reason I tell you that is to say, I genuinely believe, because obviously, listen, we need God to do a work in people's lives. It's not all us. We understand that. But we do have a part to play. And I close with this. When I look at Sheffield and I look at Hull, Sheffield and Hull, I think, in the north are like the two longest serving churches for Potter's House in the north at the moment. When I look at what God has done in both of the churches, it is just so powerful, man. To see that there were points where this, this church wasn't even a, a, a thought. And now to see what God is doing. I'm telling you now, if we all stand up and make a decision to say, we're going to link arms together. We're going to tell everyone about Jesus. Does that mean everybody's going to get saved? It doesn't mean everybody's going to get saved. Does that mean everybody you witness to is going to drop to their knees and start crying? I don't mean that. But what it means is that if you would be faithful, you know what the Bible says? The Bible says your reward lies in heaven. The Bible says don't store up treasure on earth where uh, moth and rust can, it says store up your treasure in heaven. The way you store up your treasure in heaven is by reaching the souls of men and women that are lost. Lost like me and you were at one point. That you make a decision say, I'm going to do what someone else did for me and I'm going to be faithful to God. Can I get an amen? God bless you. Let's praise the Lord in this place. Amen. If I could just have every head bowed and all eyes closed, just out of respect to God and those around you. Praise God.